it's a directional mic. Mm. It just like little things like that. Oh, I find yeah, I, I find like, help. Um, that's cool. You have a portable mic too. Like we bring all this. We are carrying like all these like fucking mics and mixers around with us all the time. Yeah, like like blue mics, laptops, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it can be heavy. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, but also like I view podcasts as like your production value can only be better, get better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I purposely keep the production value as <laughs> simple and editing as yeah. simple as possible because this is just something I do for fun yeah, with exactly. spare time at conferences. Yeah, yeah. And um, if anything, I think that's kind of a good thing because, I mean, if you take it too seriously, you can kind of go over your head. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's it's, it's a good way of meeting people, I find. Like, it's a good... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you, you cool to start? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 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 what's your name and what's your podcast? Uh, my name is Spencer. I'm part of the Landport. Um, it was a podcast based um, on you know discussion of games, gaming news. Um, or we've done about three episodes so far, so we're relatively new. Uh, the past uh, two and three have mostly dived into unionization in the gaming industry, uh, labor in the gaming industry, um, as well as various you know tech news. We were discussing HoloLens, and there's a very interesting controversy surrounding that with the workers building the HoloLens, saying they don't want their uh, the, their technology that they're building to be used for uh, warfare, which is apparently what Microsoft was interested in, you know, employing uh, the HoloLens for, to helping you know improve soldiers' aim, visibility, and combat, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, and yeah, the, and I guess that's an interesting like, ethical it thing because yeah. like there are pens that sign <laughs> declarations of war. Yeah, exactly. And I bet the pen makers probably didn't want that. Mm, yeah, precisely. No, and I mean, it, there's a whole discussion we had there, which I think that opens up to about, um, you know, the about the connections that the, well, I think most notably the ways that gaming is tied to our lives on a deeper level. I think one of the things that I, the one of the worst things I hear all the time that I hate so much is hearing like, you know, keep politics out of games. But to me, it's impossible because politics are not like this separate thing that you can walk in and out of. They are literally a, like an, they are just, they, they are the amalgamation and the, you know, the cumulative uh, end result of like all of our decisions and our opinions and our beliefs. And that plays into, that comes into both, you know, the politics and you know, or the governments that we live under, but also our entertainment, our media, and including video games. And I was, one of the things that I brought up was if you play Black Ops now, retrospectively, I played it when I was in middle school. So I was yeah. a seventh grader and it just felt like a normal shooting game to me. But when I go back and I play now, I'm like, so much of this is just war crime after war crime and, you know, controversy after controversy. These are things that, you know, the U.S. is intentionally hidden and tried to, you know, um, like bury historically that now is a thing you can do in a video game. And it plays out exactly like Cold War propaganda I would expect to play out. Um, so yeah, and but it's to me like politics are a part of video games and being apolitical in itself is a choice. So by choosing to make your game not about politics, a la like Far Cry 5, which pretended to engage in these things, you ultimately take the stance of kind of letting a certain side be louder, you know? And also I think it's a, like I, I view that there's like a, that art's made by people. People are by default political. Yeah. Whether no. they're apolitical or whatever side they're on. Yeah, we try to alienate ourselves from politics as being a separate thing, but it isn't. It's just a part of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's and like... I think, and I think certain genres like shooters... Oh my God, that take yeah. place in with real guns. Mm. There is a certain amount of politics behind yeah. that, especially if it's a war game. Oh my There's God, a certain yeah. amount of stuff like that. Medal of Honor Warfighter, there was a controversy where, like, I, I, can't, I can't give you all the details right now because a lot of it slip, has slipped my mind, but where it was like by playing the game and using certain guns in, games, uh, in the game, you were using, because they had actual, I think, like licenses from the gun companies, you were sort of helping, or there was sort of, you were bringing attention or doing something with, 
it, it was it was benefiting the gun companies in some way, basically, because the licenses for those guns existed in the game, uh, you know, or the game was allowed to legally use their names. Um, so it, it was not only like free advertisement, but I, if there was something else going on, I can't remember. But you know, it's things like that. You are thereby promoting by allowing these people, these you know, people who produce things with the the, the, uh, the war in, the war industry, you could say, or the um, industrial uh, complex, uh, you know. You're kind of sell by allowing them to have their games having a platform in your game, your or their guns having a platform in your game. You're sort of promoting that, um, and that's sort of a th what Black Ops was. I don't know if the developers of the game intentionally meant to glorify war, uh, Cold War atrocities and war crimes, um, and by that I mean like you know, you're like all this stuff happening in the game related to say like, uh, well like like I think one of the big things is like in the game you're literally helping kill Russia's nuclear uh, science program. Um, but by doing that, you're also protecting yours, which historically was made up by Nazis brought over from Germany to help America's rocket program. So, but in the game, you were unintentionally helping America house Nazis by doing that, by killing the people who were, and not just housing them, but also have, having them have a successful um, rocket program by doing that, uh, which was only there to aid America's influence over the rest of the world and you know uh, diplomacy, especially in South America. One of the more gross things is when you get to Black Ops 2, there's so much controversy surrounding American-supported far-right coups throughout history. That game, so much of it is you helping support a far-right coup in South America by you taking part in special ops missions against various South American governments that historically were destroyed by American-backed coups. And they play it off as they're like, oh, it's just this normal thing. They don't really like depict it in sort of the really horrifying way that it was horrifying, you know, controversial way that it was, they depict it like it's heroic, like it's cool. The only time a bad thing happens, you know, the main characters feel bad for it, like they repent it, like it's a thing that doesn't really happen, but you look at how, you look at how many human rights violations occurred under U.S. policies in the Cold War, you will find, like, it was rampant. And for the game to mask that, and, you know, through, like, having, like, a tear-shedding moment, just is completely, I think, disingenuous to how not only our government, but the people t partaking in these events actually felt about it. Um, you know, it wasn't a random thing that happened every now and then. These were actual, like, these were systematic. These occurred and were planned, not always planned out, but also, like, were largely the result of the U.S. trying to topple governments. Um, I mean, there was that whole thing with um, Elliot Abrams recently, with Elon Omar confronting him about the massacre that happened um, the, back in, like, the 80s that occurred under Elliot Abrams' watch. And it wasn't, that wasn't, like, a thing that... <laughs> I don't think Elliot Abrams felt bad about. It. They did everything to bury that. So, yeah, that and was. Do you think? Do you think like shooters? Sorry, that was a huge stream of consciousness. Yeah, no, no. About. This, this is what random, <laughs> random, not even random, but just tangents. Yeah. What this podcast is built on. Oh my god, um, no, yeah. So, yeah, but like one last question about that. I oh do want to go back to the Game Workers United stuff. Oh, of course, but, absolutely. Um, do you think? Because like I, I don't know. Like I almost think of shooters. Like I, I, every shooter I play, I turn off the political side Me because too, I because yeah. I view the shooters as, like when I think of the core shooter audience, I don't think they really are looking for a political. No, they aren't. And yeah. traditionally, in most like like in most war movies, there's like limited, hmm. like if it's like a bombastic war movie, there's like limited. Uh, stuff about that and it's more about the like story of the troops and the, and the, the strategic right. stuff and all that stuff so I, I almost wonder if it's like it's like a cursed genre <laughs> because of, by yeah. doing a war game yeah that war is maybe the most yeah. political like geopolitical worldwide oh, yeah. thing right and, and but yeah. it's the audience that maybe doesn't even yeah. care and then they don't want to 
like I mean it was cool like Spec Ops the line like I love that game like so it's much, cool yeah. that they did that yeah but it would be I could not fathom something like Call, like, like Call of no. Duty or Battlefield World um, at War was the closest we really got to that yeah I think and I mean they try and do some like stuff but it's mostly like what if it happened to us it's yeah. normally the yeah they're, they're they're tricking the hat. Oh, of course, um, yeah. And I mean, I appreciated the fact that um, Advanced Warfare had some like anti-PMC stance, yeah. but um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it does. It doesn't change the fact that they also did work with. Um, I forget what's his name. He was uh, some high-up guy during the Cold War, responsible for parts of our foreign policy in South American countries. Helped them with Black Ops Two. It was one of the guys that was helped. I think partly responsible for the coups that took place there in some some of the countries at the time. And so it was kind of like, you know. They have a guy who has, you know, he has say over the depiction of these events and like how they're shown in this game and how they're distributed to an audience. Um, and obviously, it's going to be biased towards the America, towards you know, like what we were doing. Um, and it's going to be biased towards de deflecting from how horrible those things actually were. Um, and I think that's kind of how it played out. But um, that was just that was just me kind of going on about like I guess it's sort of hypocritical yeah. of them in a little way to like go on about PMCs are bad and then you know also support like other kind of like war criminals and yeah. stuff. Uh, uh, but um, if, if that's I don't know if that's a strong word to use in this context, but yeah, I mean yeah. it's 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 a. Uh, I hope it doesn't sound that way. <laughs> well, it's all. I mean, also it's yeah. It's I I also whenever I come to these shows, um, as like a Canadian. Oh it's yeah, like I didn't every, watch you from Canada. Yeah, Sorry, like yeah. like um, most of the teams from Canada. Okay. Um, Oh, that's cool. Uh, some of the remote people in America, but it is like, it is kind of a, each country has yeah. their own history, like, kind yeah. of views on those things and whether they're involved in yeah. different, like, every country's probably got something they're not proud of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's always, uh, it's always, it always seems like, and, and U.S. being the largest gaming market, but also I for think, a lot of, yeah. a lot of traditional genres, it's yeah. kind of like, it's a weird... Oh, of course. It's like yeah. a weird kind no, of paradigm. That's why I'm very interested in games outside the U.S., because I, especially when it comes to his, historical events, because when it comes to, like, World War II games, um, people are being like, let's have D-Day for, like, the 15th millionth time. And it's like, I'd rather see something like South Asia or Poland yeah. or, one of the, or China, one of these other fronts we've never seen before that's been sort of alienated through, like, Western media and, you know, through Hollywood films. Um, but to answer your question that you were asking about, can, like, shooters handle these properly? I think they can. I think Wolfenstein... For example, is the new Wolfenstein games? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, in a, in a, in a well, well, I mean, like it's like almost bombastic political. Oh well, no, it's very like, bombastic. Yeah, it's like, very, and the Nazis are very cartoonish to some yeah. extent in that game. Although I think it was very bold of them to have a mission taking place in a concentration camp. Yeah, and especially given it's like it kind of brings you back to like in that setting. And like the yeah. Wolfenstein games, they've always been sort of about the these bombastic Nazi operations, like, you know, yeah. the supernatural and, like, you know, super soldiers. And it's all very ludicrous and very over the top. And then you have this one scene where it's, like, it's kind of, you know, the idea of, like, the Nazis taking the world, it's, like, a very, like, sort of ridiculous idea. Yeah. And, you know, one would think that. And then you have this mission where it's, like, this is kind of the reality of if they actually yeah. did. This isn't just some cartoon fantasy. There are actual, you know, and, concentration camps. And also kind of, like, the going back to the 70s, like, almost mm. the 60s, 70s, yeah. like, making fun of Hitler. Yeah, Like, exactly. that was weird. Like, that See, was, old Hitler was right, very strange. That's, yeah. like, a, that's, that, like, is a political statement, yeah. but kind of, like, it's not yeah. something that's very, like parody of that stuff is yeah is kind of not as common now so it's really right. interesting to see that. oh yeah and but i think the very interesting thing is like also the context of like with politics and a shooter i think it's also like who are you shooting at and in oh, things yeah, like I mean. wolfenstein it's like they spend <laughs> yeah. the whole game where you're brutalizing nazi yeah. soldiers and it's like you know i don't think anyone's against the idea of like nazis being dead <laughs> yeah, i also remember uh playing uh 
blood rain as yeah. as a teenager my mom walking in and going like what is this this yeah. is really violent and i went mom they're nazis <laughs> she was like okay, oh, okay. Cool. yeah exactly and then i was able to play blood rain before uh, i was yeah. like it's, old enough to buy it yeah so. it, that is in a way a political statement because it's saying it's like wolfenstein is saying this violence should be inflicted on people with you know like or nazis like this you know where it's yeah. like and then uh, call of duty that violence is being inflicted on a country that you're invading and in, in supporting a far-right coup in, yeah. you know? And so you're, which means that you're sort of in the game unintentionally aiding the United, or not even unintentionally, like intentionally aiding the United States and what they're doing. And so it's, and people I don't always think, think, think about those things. Like in the game, like the broader context of like what you're actually doing and why you're there. And it's like, yes, you know, there are moments of individual morality between soldiers, um, you know, the whole idea of like them being there fighting not for a country, but for each other. But at the same time, it's like their efforts still, in some way, contribute to the victory of one side. You know, which is why um, I think people have talked about a German camp, World War II campaign, and it's like I would be interested in that. But I just think, how do you do that without unintentionally glorifying the Third Reich, or how do you do yeah. that without unintentionally? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because either you're going to have to have the main character confront the war crimes of what they're doing, which almost, you know, statistically, most German soldiers, um, I mean, took part in the Holocaust, and especially in the Eastern Front. And so it's like, if you're one of those guys, you know, how do you tell a story about being the one guy, you know, and also trying to keep it, you know, like authentic to the setting itself. Um, but, you know, I don't think a lot of people think about it that way. I think some people just really want a campaign where you can play as a Nazi soldier and they don't want to have to deal with the whole, like, confronting the morality. I mean, I've done that, 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 That'll go over well on Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah that'll, that'll, that'll be... Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say that's a good idea at this point. No, it, it wouldn't um, be. It would be terrible. And um, I think because um, I think you know, you can have the campaign where it's like in Star Wars Battlefront Two. It's like, oh, we're the bad guys. Actually, <laughs> yeah. what we're doing is wrong. Um, and also, when you don't set it in the real world, mm, yeah, you're like, hey, you want to make a not political game, or mm. you want to try and make it as apolitical as possible? Yeah, don't set it in real time. Like, the don't real set world. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, do what The Witcher Three did and yeah. have like racism done against like magical creatures instead of like actual people. If like, you don't, if you're too afraid of confronting that, although I would like to see games confront like actual. I mean, like, there is a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff that have it. Like, oh like, no, there, there's a lot of bad stuff when they do it. Not, but it's like if you want to make a shooter, I almost say oh, a shooter specifically. Because like, I know yeah. a lot of people that won't play like war shooters. Like, no, that's fair. Like, yeah. they like the genre, but they're like, I'm not going to do that, and they'll no, stick of course, to. Yeah. They'll stick to the whatever sci-fi shooters and stuff like that. Um, but so I take it your podcast is, is very political. Actually, it's not. <laughs> I am the more political person of the three of us. Um, we all sort of specialize in different topics. Um, yeah. I love talking about like sociology and psychology and politics in in video well, yeah. in video games. So you don't talk about politics on your podcast. We do it sometimes. I mean, like like I said, we talk about unionization of yeah. of you know like the gaming industry. Um, so we do talk about those sort of topics. Um, I tend to at times stray into the more heavy political end of that conversation because I just I think it's like how can you not talk about that and not yeah. talk about the politics of it yeah. um, but you know of course it's like we're not trying to make conclusive statements about where we think the industry is headed um, at least that's what one of our guys is saying like, we don't want to really do that um, we would more so like to talk strictly about like you know also have it sort of in the focus of games itself and not stray off into other zones of discussion um, but ultimately I mean like I'd love to talk more about politics on it, but and it's also like part. I think it's I think it's honestly like an under, under. Um, yeah. Oh, there's so many. It's like an underrepresented thing in the yeah. like in the trick like in the norm like bigger yeah. game press thing. Like I yeah. think a lot of people just avoid talking about stuff. Oh and my I god! I have a no, lot yeah. of respect for Waypoint. 
Because mm. Waypoint will talk about mm, yeah. talk about anything and try yeah. to do deep dives. Um, I mean, you have a lot of. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's probably a lot off. of independent podcasts yeah. that do that. I was going to say, sorry, and, I was cutting yeah. you off there. Then um, I feel like you were. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's definitely more room for that. Oh, of course. And the yeah. more of it, the better. Most certainly, um, yeah. And I think if anything, I I'd love to see like what I try hope that will happen with games as time goes on is see them begin to tackle serious, you know, darker subject matters, you know. And I think that does mean having to... I, I, I depend upon indie studios for that because I was just... Where we were just at, where we just met, I was playing that one game where it was about handling a conflict between you and your partner and it was all dialogue. But it was very interesting because it was like... I was having as much fun fiddling with the mechanics of, like, what words I could use and what, like, phrase I could say in this conversation as I did, like, shooting, you know, blowing someone's brains out in Battlefield Five, which I do, like, constantly. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's that is a weird part of yeah. games is thinking of things as mm. if they're fun from, like, a mechanical standpoint, oh my God, which... Yeah. Historically, shooters have proven very fun. <laughs> they satisfy uh, that part they, of our they brain. Said yeah. There's something about that that satisfies it, and whether you're violent, yeah. like oh no, like yeah. depending on like I'm not, I would, I'm probably never going to own a gun. No, yeah, uh, I don't think that it affects. It, but yeah. I love shooters. Yeah, like no. and I play, I play them and and, yeah. and enjoy them, and and that is a weird part of games because like. Yeah, it's like subject matter in most mediums are yeah. not like mechanical. Oh, of course. So it's yeah. kind of yeah. very cut and dry of like, I'm doing this dark subject matter, hmm. it's going to be dark. Yeah. And you shouldn't really enjoy this unless, like. Well, that's, I think, yeah. the power of games is that they take what would have been you witnessing something. Like in a movie, I think the power of films is that they have so much that's just about you are a bystander to a situation. You know, you're watching a horrible or a wonderful thing happening and you're not really a part of it, but you can witness it. Whereas games, they sort of take that to the next level by, like, you are now interacting with this situation and this scenario. And I think there are so many, there are so many avenues that can be explored with, you know, um, his, you know, in terms of, like, historical, like, games covering historical events or, you know, just contemporary problems and issues that can be done through that. Um, but it's just a shame that I don't think there's enough of, those mechanics don't exist in enough games where they you know, look, at, look at real subject matter and try to, like, yeah. have the player interact with it on a deeper level. Um, so do so given you're the you're the political guy on the yeah. podcast um, do you have a lot of other journalists or people in games that you kind of look to for mm. inspiration about what to what oh, to look wow. into because uh, I imagine you're probably looking at yeah you probably follow a certain amount of people on Twitter they're uh, all yeah. talking about I'm not much of a Twitter bug oh, but okay. um, but I do I am trying to get more on board with it since I use Instagram and you know yeah. Facebook and Reddit a lot that's yeah. kind of where I, I go on mostly um with journalists uh, specifically, I think um, I don't really have any specific people that are part attached, attached or affiliated with like a like a news outlet. Yeah. I do watch a lot of YouTubers though, uh, okay. mostly because there's a lot that publish good video essays out there, and um, you know you'll find that there are those like uh, Sean or HH Bomber guy or um, what's his what else is his name? He did a video about uh, capitalism in the gaming industry. Um, can't remember. I think it's Jim something. He's British. Have you? Do you know who I'm referring to? Uh, no. no. Oh yeah. He's. I forget what. It, oh, God, I can't remember his name right now. But he he does a lot of good videos. Um, that from what I've seen, I haven't watched too much of his content. But I saw one of his videos, which was like about politics and games. It was really good. Extra credits is also. I wouldn't consider really them like a journalist, although they cover their channel covers various topics. Do you? Yeah. Have extra I credits? mean, yeah. Like you'll you'll. Yeah. I mean, maybe journalist isn't the right way. I mean, we're out in the world yeah. of. But journalists, thirty the, titles for people that are in press or yeah. content creation. I mean, or whatever. yeah, because I, I don't really trust journalism always for besides maybe some mar press articles or not press, but like 
some um, you know online outlets like you know there's like Kotaku and they write occasionally read some good stuff. I mean, they're they're like every gaming media news outlet. They have like their they write their shitty articles as everyone does sometimes. Actually, not the bells for the good ones. I don't want to say shitty. I don't want to say shitty articles. That's being too rude. Um, But everyone every outlet has a bad article every now and then. Um, Kotaku and and it's based on views, right? There's stuff people want to read about, and it might be silly. It might not be like the most positive thing, but but overall, I mean, like I I mostly just watch YouTubers and I listen to video essays um, a lot of the time. Um, and I, lo- I listen to podcasts as well, yeah. um, but there's a, I mean, there are definitely a lot of good people out there to get yeah. like you know, for for like a deeper discussion of like you know, games and morality and the themes behind them. But, and um, back to the United stuff. Have you? Where yes, are you yes. based? Uh, oh, where am I based? Our podcast. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I can answer that yet because. Uh, moving. Uh, no, no, no. We we we're we're in a, uh, uh, we're we're definitely in like the, not going to move anytime soon. But I just. Last time, the other guys that I worked with were like, oh, we don't really want to, like, you know, tell people where we're from yet, just because, you know, if we get doxxed or something like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not as, I'm really not as nervous about it, honestly. I'll say, we're based in, yeah, I mean, we're based in the New York, in New York. Uh, We're based in uh, the East Coast. Um, So you have, you have a game, so my question was going to be that you have a, there's prior Game Workers Unite chapter hmm. uh, in New York. Yeah. Have you gone and I've wanted I, I've been meaning to look more into those um, yeah. but I probably now that you mention it I will definitely because I do so. think that there's a lot of people that are scared to go to those events mm, yeah. because they might work at a place that is going to be anti-union yeah. and yeah. and and um, I know some of them are done in secret like I yeah. know some <laughs> of them don't have a meetup page because meetup lists yeah. everybody that's that's going to it so I think there's a lot of room for uh, press or journalists or people yeah. do podcasts to go to those and kind of get the information and then maybe express it because yeah, exactly. most of the I think a lot of studios are, are not going mm. and just thinking like imagining what what yeah. they're planning mm. and I think there would be a good use of people if if I mean the, the Game Workers Unite might want to keep it secret or stuff like that yeah. I don't know their stance on journalists coming in and then writing mm. like oh this is what this is what was talked about, but I think yeah. it's something that might be an interesting avenue and also give you a, probably a good angle on oh, it yeah, or, or more content. So. No, of course. And I think, um, no, I mean, I'd love to go to one of those and join one of those as well. Um, and But you're completely right about people being afraid to do, go to them. I mean, like, one of the very things is I was looking at the GDC 2014, um, uh, well, not it was in a survey, but it was just like a presentation about an article they did about unionization in the gaming industry. So this was like five years ago, and they said one of the biggest reasons, like one of the reasons why a lot of people didn't were too uncomfortable to confront, or not really confront, but go ahead and make a union is because their bosses would like, or the managers would threaten them with like being fired or, you know, like, you know, low salary if they were to do something like that. Yeah. They're trying to keep people in place, you know, they're using fear as a mechanic to, or some, you know, as a way to hold people, you know, uh, you know, onto their jobs and, you know, onto what their, the current, like, uh, way their labor is, you know, being treated. Um, so, you know, there with, if there was just more wide support for this kind of thing, if there was more, if there was a wider community of people and, you know, that was back, that were backing developers in unionizing, I think, which I think hopefully will come more after the Red Dead Redemption 2 scandal that happened. And, um, now that the Activision CEO, he, you know, it was, I think it was, yeah, Activision, it was like 800 employees were laid off. Yeah. And now he's making like how many millions a year? Which is just absolutely yeah. absurd, and I also think there's benefit to smaller developers. Yeah. Like I think there's benefits to business owners mm. of a union. Like I think there's benefits that they don't even know yeah, of because 
they're just like, it's scary and I don't want to know. And <laughs> yes. I think if we had things up there and we're like, okay, well, yeah. we're giving this and that, and we're getting this yeah. and like kind of like weighing it, I think a yeah. lot of people will be on board. But I also think um, it's good because there's a lot of problems in the industry that I don't know if unionization will necessarily completely fix, but yeah. I think can be attributed to the current way that the industry is being run. There's no union, there's, no regu- there's very little regulation. And people complain every day. I, I'm in Battlefield sub, uh, this Battlefield subreddit a lot, and there's currently people complaining about the content drop, you know, saying there's not enough content being released, complaining about the state of the game having some bugs and glitches, and saying that's rushed and unfinished. But it's like you can't fault the developers for that. Like they're, the, the decision about when the game comes out or like how quickly it comes out, that was yeah. up to the shareholders in EA. And, but yet you have people on like Twitter and on the subreddit harassing and you know, sort of I wouldn't. I mean, I guess you could sort of call it, like, abusing the, d- the developers through, like, you know, taunts and insults and, you know, calling, you know, get, giving them shit for them in their game. And it's, but it's, like, terrible because it's, like, they're not the ones responsible for this. If you want better games, support the ability for developers to be able to, you know, uh, negotiate on their own behalf yeah. without the risk of being, you know, fired or something. Yeah. So they can basically give themselves more time to work on the games so they can, you know, you know, they get paid more for what they're doing. You know, they can cut down on crunch hours, which if anything, I mean, if that's destroying the mental and emotional health of a person, I, why would you expect just because they're doing, you know, more work under more time that their production's going to be better? It's like, no, they're tired, they're stressed out, they're not going to be performing or functioning any better as a result of that. So, you know, it's just kind of like common sense to me that like a union should exist for you know, devs to be more protected and to also have, you know, a more say in what the development of their games are like. Yeah, and I also think like regionally, I even think some con- I think some companies are big enough. Yeah, like you look at like EA or Ubisoft, it's like yeah. they have enough people oh my God, that yeah. they could even just have a union of their own company. Because other yeah. people do that. Other other companies end up with unions and oh yeah, kind of all that stuff that are internal. And That's, so they yeah. could even do that. There's also I think a lot of like yeah. like there's a lot of stuff about the union that um, costs no money. No, exactly. you'd be like, well, if you're part of the union, you put like even like the credit stuff. Yeah, like just standardizing that, and then being Precisely. like, you're not, and then certain companies will not work with you or work with you if you're not within mm. that thing. The users would have some idea if you're fairly crediting people. Like, I think there's a lot of like, there's a lot of moving parts that could be benefits to like Almost, to everybody and yeah, stuff like that. Absolutely. I mean, overall, it would be better. It's just, you know, these companies have no, uh, no, they no reason that they'd want to because they're already making millions through like exploited labor why would they at least the ceos are they wouldn't want to change that anytime soon because they don't feel like there's a reason to it really relies on i think enough wide public support and you know movement and dialogue within the game developers industry in order for something like that to happen um but and obviously because i think it is a thing that would have to be is it would be uh i mean a union is a is made and run by the workers so obviously it would have to be something that is done by the, the the devs um and I'm glad that, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 brought light to this. You know, uh, I mean, of course, not glad that it happened. It was terrible that they were working that, that much. But it did expose the grimier underbelly of gaming, of game development and how it's, and how it's made. And, and it, there's a bunch of that stuff where they were working on Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stories like that where they're working oh on a game you've never heard of. Oh, my God, um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's lots of stuff. There's lots of bad stories that I think most yeah. people who worked in the game industry would have yeah. either been a part of, it's part of or re- heard. It's part of the reason why I'm just not even mad about games being rushed anymore, because when it happens, I'm just like, well, there's a reason this is happening. Yeah. It has everything to do with the, the lack of regulation and you know the lack of unionization in the industry. That's not the developer's fault. I'm not mad at them or anyone else for this. I, it's kind of just the circumstance, like this game is a result of the circumstances in which it was made made under. It's like, how am I going to like, you know, because it's like people act like they can yell at 
developers or EA enough and things will change. And it's like, well, no, I don't think it will, you know, but yeah. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they will as long as, as long as there's no actual change occurring in the way games are developed or produced or the way the workers making them are treated, but yeah. Sorry. You no, know, I was going to say, well, thanks for being on the question bus. Thank you. Absolutely. It was wonderful being here. Um, if you guys want to hear more of me or, you know, if you want to hear my other two co-hosts, you can listen to the Landport. Um, uh, we're on, currently we're on iTunes. Um, we also have our own website. Also, if you're on iTunes, you're on yeah. all the other platforms. Yeah, exactly. Except for Spotify. Are you have Spotify yet? Uh, I think we're going to, I, or if we're not already, um, but we are going to, um, we have three episodes out right now. We're working on more. We're going to have a lot about GDC in our next upcoming one. And also we're on Instagram and Twitter, so you can follow us there. Uh, and what's your podcast, by the way? Now, now uh, my podcast is called The Question Bus. The Question Bus, that's um, right. It's 99% me interviewing other game developers. Awesome. Yeah. You're, uh, I've slotted you in the journalist side, but I've yeah. interviewed podcasts. Oh, People, yeah. I've interviewed modders. I've interviewed a uh, rapper. I've interviewed a, a person awesome. who draws portraits of rappers um, <laughs> I gotta watch uh, that I interview a variety of people a variety of indie devs yeah. Uh, yeah. producers at big companies I just kind of yeah. meet people at shows and, okay. and use my that's a cool format like, that I'm, I'm here for other reasons yeah. but then I have all this time where I can have interesting conversations and no, kind of course, meet new yeah. people so yeah that's that's pretty much the pitch for the question but can be found well you're listening <laughs> to it so you, yeah. but theoretically you find it on iTunes Spotify all that awesome thank uh, we you got, so much we got yeah. shirts <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks. Hope you have a good rest of your GDC. Thank you. You as well. Thank you so much for having me on.